Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new edition of Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia. And today I am joined by a person who I've actually not met in person yet, but I'm very excited she's here. I'm very curious about her. She has so many layers and dimensions, it feels like, that I'm very honored for her to be here. I'm here with Kate Marlene, and uh, we met through a shared friend, Cleo. And if you've been listening to the past two episodes, you'll know Cleo because she talked to us about polyamorous relationships. So if you're into that subject or you're already living that subject, maybe you want to hop back and check that out. But when Kate and I spoke on the phone, I just I had a vibe and I knew that when we were done with our conversation that my instincts had been right on the money. So Kate actually has her own podcast about face. She's also a writer and something that I was not familiar with at all. She's, I think, a narrative therapist. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Meaning Kate uses storytelling to help people go through rough transitions in their lives. But today she's going to talk to us about dating on and offline in your 40s. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much. And yeah, thanks for that summary. There's always was that about right? That is about right. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, the, and narrative therapy is what it's called. Yes, I love it. So, Kate, we spoke a little bit on the phone and had so many areas that we overlap in. So, I'm going to try and rein us in, and so dive right into the first question. I've been single in every decade of my life, and I think from our conversation, so have you. And um, I would, I'm just very curious what your experience is. What would you say makes being single and dating in your 40s so different from any other time before that? Oh, I love this question. And, you know, it's interesting because I thought, oh, we're going to get into my whole backstory, but I don't even think it's necessary, right, to necessarily talk about where I've been because you're right, it's just this singular point in time um, that is so relevant. So yes, I was single in my 20s. Of course, I was single in my early 30s before I got married. I was separated from my husband um, before I turned 40. But so I'm still single. I'm 41. And the main difference for me is that I'm just such a different person now. I am so much more confident and experienced and honestly happy in so many different ways that I wasn't in my 20s. And I think some people are going to read the headline of this episode, dating in your 40s, like, oh, it's so sad, you know, poor us. And I just think that's just not my story at all. Like, I love this new chapter. And I'm really excited to be the person that I am and like bringing all of my experience and confidence and all these things into the dating world. So I guess I want to start there and say, this isn't, you know, some sad story of, oh, poor ladies in their 40s, you know, having to Absolutely. Date. It's not that. Good, good. I'm glad because that would have been a very long episode <laughs> if we had to sort of feel like we would have to sort of be co-traumatized in a podcast episode. That wouldn't be all too much fun. So in terms of like the confidence you said you have in your 40s now, does that also make things easier in terms of dating or does it sometimes make it more complex? Could you put it in a con category that fits those two? 
Well, I think, again, it's a really interesting question because with confidence and experience comes a lot of self-awareness and a lot more, you know, discrimination in a lot of ways. Like when I was in my 20s, you know, there were, I was just looking for completely different things, right? Like I was, you know, on this heteronormative relationship elevator of, okay, you know, I'm from the United States and maybe even particularly there, it's like, okay, you date, you're looking for a husband, you become more serious, then you move in together, then you talk about marriage and then um, you do that and then there's kids and whatever, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but to be in your 40s and looking at dating in a new way, I've had to really question not only that relationship elevator, but also look at myself as an individual and go, what do I really want? Like, what is the romantic experience for me? What value is it bringing into my life? And how are my old relationship patterns and expectations maybe damaging that? Or how can I reevaluate some of my past decisions and intentions so that I'm coming into my dating experience with so much more information and clarity. Um, so in some ways it is much more complicated, but it's much more informed and intentional at the same time. I love that. And what would you say for me, I've always felt a bit like a bit of a dinosaur when it came to online dating, uh, mostly because I still do meet people in real life for now. Uh, maybe during Corona it was slightly reduced, but I'm also, in my head, I hate this idea that people can order me up like a pepperoni pizza, right? Like there's just something about that in my head that won't go away. But I really truly wonder, is that the right mindset in this day and age and for who we are and the kind of zeitgeist that is going on right now? I mean, dating like anything else, I think is so personal. So I don't think that your reactions and interpretations are wrong. I think that is your experience or interpretation of what's happening, right? I can say for myself that I've been on both ends of the spectrum. Like I have felt exactly like you did that this is some really cheap, you know, watered down version of like real human interaction that like this is a really that it is somehow like the human catalog, right? For shopping. Um, on the other hand, I've made some really great connections with online dating. Surprisingly, people that I, I mean, I met my ex-husband on OkCupid. So in some ways, I've had a real success story there. I mean, it was really funny because he came over, we've been separated three years, and he came over to pick up the kids. And we have a really functional co-parenting relationship. So uh, we can still joke around and talk. But anyway, he came to pick up the kids and he said, uh, well, you were my number one match today on OkCupid. And I laughed so hard. And I said, well, he goes, I don't know what's wrong with these algorithms. And I'm like, well, they must be doing something right. Because we did get married. We have two kids together. Like there was some compatibility. So for me, it's just hasn't all been a wash. You know, it's uh, brought me two beautiful children and um, in a lot of ways, uh, unexpected encounters, right? So for me, it's also something I have to be wary of. For me, there's a potential addictive quality. There's a risk of not only other people seeing you this way, but what about you seeing other people that way? What's the damage of you looking at others 
like a pepperoni pizza, right? What are the things, you know, what are the ingredients you're looking for? What are the things, like, I have this problem now where I just summarily reject short men, which I never did in real life. I always had funny short boyfriends who are, you know, interesting in a lot of ways. But now that I can be online, I would rather date a tall guy. So I'm just going to, you know, reject certain people. So it goes both ways, right? We can be more picky, right? But we can also be more superficial. And um, we're also on the receiving end of that, of course. It's interesting to me because I recently had a boyfriend who I think I would have never swiped. Is it left or right when you want no, to I keep them? I think left is no and right okay. right. Right is yes. So I would have never swiped right, I don't think, because visually speaking, he, he's absolutely an attractive guy, but totally not something I would sort of have all systems go for. And I think if I had seen his profile ever, he was online, dating online, I think I would have been like, next, you know, and I'm so glad that that's not what happened because it was the best relationship of my life, right? So I, I often wonder, is it just about maybe gathering experience? Like it doesn't have to be this thing where you find the next partner and um, where actually a lot of casual encounters happen. And I'm wondering about those casual encounters, actually, like, do those get easier or harder? What do you think? And I mean, is there such a thing as a casual summer fling or have we gotten too serious? For it? <laughs> um, it's funny you're asking this at this moment because I'm having some summer flings and some of them. I love that you have a plural <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> well, that's where I'm at. And, you know, it's funny because I am not intentionally polyamorous or anything, but because it's so much in my world right now, I live in Berlin and I'm just it just is so much in the face of like every encounter people are either poly curious or poly or they're like my ex boyfriend became poly. And so I feel like I've been sort of unintentionally and maybe unwillingly thrown into this world. Um, but it's been really healthy for me to, again, go back to these questions of why monogamy, what, is the benefit. And the truth is, I haven't gone away from that necessarily. But I've had to get clear on why monogamy, if I'm going to have a summer fling or an encounter, I still have to get clear on what that means to me. Um, and in fact, I was just in a situation with somebody who's polyamorous, I knew when I met up with him, that that was his situation. And in the beginning, I thought, that's cool, like, we'll hang out and see what happens. But like, after a first date, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm just not interested in becoming entangled. And, and he's talking about all his partners. And, you know, it's not even like I was jealous. I was just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm really not that interested, but I'm open. And I think that's where I'm at is like being open to experiences, but also being able to be honest with myself about what they mean to me. And to your question. And that can change. Of course, it can change right? in a night. You might wake up in the morning and go, eh, that's not for me. Or maybe I can do this and surprise myself. And I think, interestingly, him and I met at an event, not online. Um, and I've had other in the wild sort of meetings, people, which in some ways have been more fun than meeting people online, because you're already given a context, you might have friends, you might have people in common, like, in some ways, that's a bit more interesting to me to still meet people out in the world. But regarding online dating and encounter, I, I guess what I'm saying, I don't think one 
is related to the other. I think just because they're online doesn't mean they're not more serious or just because they're someone you meet in a real life means they're less of a fling. You know, it could go both ways. That's interesting. Yeah, that maybe there's actually not so much a separation between the two sometimes um, as it is in, in, in my head, certainly sometimes where I feel like, oh, this could be more dangerous. Of course, what if he's a psycho or she or you know what I mean? It's like I, I go through all these scenarios like I can meet a psycho at a bar, at a real life you bar. Really but for some reason yeah. online, <laughs> they become this abstract sort of threat. And uh, yeah, it, it, it feels intimidating at times. What also feels intimidating, quite frankly, is how much time am I going to have to invest? Because as a 40-something-year-old who works multiple jobs and who's really trying to sort of reinvent herself, I'm like, geez, how much time can I dedicate to this thing? And do I want to be that much distracted just looking for whatever it is I'm then ending up looking for? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think that's one of the benefits of being in our age range and having, we have already have our careers, we have friends, we have children, we probably have a lot of things in our life that are really working well. And so to have that disrupted by a person or love or, you know, I'm just much more aware of that too. It's like, I'm very protective of my time and my energy. And so that in some ways guides me, okay, is this person, is this encounter worth a night even, you know, I, I really weigh it that way. I'm like, do I want to wake up tired for this situation Maybe yes, maybe no, but I have to get clear on like where my energies are. And I think that's actually something that's very different from when I was in my 20s or early 30s. It was a given that I would invest time and energy into this, where now it's not. I'm also like you, I think I just don't have the same resources because I'm more protective of myself and my time and my and my energy. So with any encounter, date, uh, relationship, I feel that it's really important for me to go into it knowing how much I how much I really want to give, and then be willing to pull back when it doesn't feel it's actually worth it. That actually sort of nicely segues into my next question, which was, should you have a clear idea or go with the flow, especially when you're trying to not make the same mistakes you've made? How much should you know what it is that you're wanting to get into here? Or how do you navigate that? Or is it a day by day? So um, I'm answering as a person experiencing this, as you are not an expert, you know, I think that it's something so I've been single for two years, two and a half years now, basically. And I've had relationships in the meantime, but like nothing super serious. And I think it's been a real learning journey for me to like, I had a relationship with someone who was 11 years younger than me. And when we first started dating, it was like, this guy's great. He's fun. He's really good with my kids. Um, but in the back of my mind, it was always like, okay, this isn't, you know, he's younger. He's got a different life path, like probably not going to be that serious. And at the same time, I was very willing to invest time and energy into this person However, like when it ended, I was like, I'm never doing that again. Like, I am not going to let someone like infiltrate my life, uh, have relationships with my kid, take up my emotional time and energy when I know it's not going to work. That's where I'm at is how much it's not just how much do I want to invest in like getting to know somebody. It's how much can I invest 
in any relationship that for me isn't going somewhere. And I think some people would answer this differently. You know, some people I think can handle the investment in an experience without it having to add up to something. I think where I'm at is like, I can't intentionally invest in something that's not going to add up to something. It's one thing if it ends and you go, oh, that was, you know, sad. I really enjoyed my time. But it's a totally different thing to enter into something that you know is not going to have a future. That to me feels very different. It does. I have to, I'm definitely with you on that one, that knowing it's not going anywhere, actually, quite frankly, it's a very depressive thing to do for me. And I've also been much more discriminating with that. Actually, I can, I'm looking at the time and I'm seeing that I'm already running running out, but I have a, a, a bigger question still. I sometimes find that I don't actually know what I want. And I know we touched upon this on our phone call previously. I don't want to go too deep and feel more because I just went through a breakup, let's say, and that just doesn't seem like something I'm quite ready to do to myself again, right? But I also don't feel the need to sort of line them up and prove I've still got it. So do you know what you're looking for when you're going into the dating game? And more importantly, should you be very specific or should you really, again, I guess, in some ways tied to the other question, allow yourself to go with the flow? And I'm saying this especially because in our 40s, there can be phases, I've noticed, where it's harder to go with the flow because the fear of what might happen begins to increase slightly. Is that any at all your experience? And how, how would you go about that in terms of, you know, diving back into dating online or offline, really? Yeah, I love your, you're putting me in a position of like, really thinking, I think we all bring compounded grief, right? We're bringing into our relationships, our past. And I think that is one of the hardships of being someone dating in your 40s. And that and this goes for the people we're dating as well. We're not these innocent 20 somethings, like we have history, you know, we have pain, we have failed relationships, maybe failed marriages. So it's not like we're just like, fresh, rosy eyed, you know, I think with this experience and with this knowledge also comes, I hate the word baggage because it sounds like, oh, you're like dragging it around. And also as though you can set it down, right? As, as though you have a choice of putting this luggage away. Like it is not baggage. It is who you are, right? And so I try to be compassionate with myself and with others because this doesn't have to be a negative thing. You know, the fact that we're bringing probably some trauma and some grief and some pain uh, doesn't have to weigh it down or make it less full of potential and full of love. It is all there, right, for us. Um, and so I always try to balance like where I've been with where I'm going. Like just because I've had these past experiences doesn't mean that is going to define my future. Exactly. It also doesn't mean that they're not going to come up for me. So when I'm in relationship, what are my triggers? What what stories am I telling about myself or about my past that might be coming up for me? Um, and so, again, I don't think this also has to define how you date. I think you can constantly reevaluate your intentions and what you're looking for. And I don't know about you, but like for myself, like I don't really imagine getting married again. And that for me is more about 
leaving open the potential to evaluate. I won't be in a position again to say, okay, I've made my choice. This is what I'm doing the rest of my life. Like, okay, can't have other emotions about this. You know, I think a choice I've clearly made is that no relationship will limit my personal potential for growth or experience or self-knowledge. And so for me, it's about continuing to make decisions that feel loving and compassionate and supportive and open to what is in front of me. And so I try not to limit that, but I also try to have self-awareness around where I'm going and what I'm really looking for, not feeling like I have to get stuck or relive old patterns. Mm -hmm. I love that. So what would you say if there were like three things you could tell someone in their 40s, or actually it doesn't have to be in their 40s, but someone who's, like you said, had a few experiences um, when they're getting ready to get back into the dating game and especially maybe even online dating, what are like three things you would say, hey, go ahead and look out for that when you start? I would say one, like look out for your fears, right? What are your fears going into it? Are you scared of rejection? Are you scared of reliving the same thing? Like are I have this going on for me right now. I'm scared of having a relationship like my marriage, because that was really hard to leave. I'm scared of having a breakup like my recent breakup. That was really painful. So at the same time, we're going to bring in these fears, but we can also have awareness around them. Uh, I do fear inventories, sometimes also with my clients, where it just means identifying your fear, figure out what is real and what's not, and you can still move through it right? You can still embrace new experiences despite this fear. Um, I think another thing is just enjoy it because this is actually a gift. You know, our freedom and our potential and our ability to have new experiences, even this whatever age we're at, like is an amazing opportunity. It, I think so many people are like, oh, you know, I'm single, like this like death sentence. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, it is great. It is great that you get to reinvent yourself, that you're not stuck, that you get to encounter new people and be open to different things. Like that is an amazing thing to be doing in your 40s. I feel, I always say like the divorce was like the best thing that ever happened to me because I got, to, yes. it's like a rebirth, you know? I don't feel like, oh, I have to be this person I was uh, 10, 15 years ago. It's like, oh, this is cool. Like I get to look at myself in a new way. Right. And like, maybe a third thing is just, um, be honest with yourself. And because I think sometimes we, whether it's because of a specific person or a situation, there's this feeling that, oh, I need to do something about this. or I have to re keep responding a certain way. And like, you always have the right to pull back or reevaluate or pivot, right? Like there's always room for you to make new decisions and don't be afraid of that, right? Don't be afraid of getting clear with yourself and being honest and being open to what is there for you. I love it. Thank you so much, Kate. That was wonderful. So real quick, let us know where can people find you if they're interested in finding out more? Yeah, you can follow my podcast at About Face, and that's on Spotify, Apple, and also all the podcast catchers. I'm also an artist, and I put my work on Instagram at katemarlena.art. That's K-A-T-E-M-A-R-L-E-N-E. -E -E. 
And I also have just a regular Instagram account, which is Kate Marlena Love. I'm also a burlesque dancer. Um, I don't know if you and I talked about that, but I have some performances coming up. Yeah, in Berlin. And my burlesque name is Charlie Nova. And so I also have a burlesque account. Yeah, we'll pop that in the show notes because cool. that's so many places. I think I, I need to be fair to our listeners. Oh, so yeah. they can find you. So <laughs> we'll, we'll put them all there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Kate, for being here. And if you guys are going through a transition, in my case, it's a bit different from what Kate does. I help people with breakups whether they're thinking about them, going through them, still dealing with it a year or two later, then you can reach out to me at ricardia at thebreakupcall.com. And I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Kate. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. 